Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. My wife and I are so different, and sometimes as we're trying to communicate, and, and we've really taken up this concept, and we use it now as code, two languages. I'm speaking Russian, you're speaking Chinese, it's not working. And so uh, we want to explore communication styles today. I'm John Fuller, along with uh, Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife Erin, authors, speakers, focus colleagues, and friends. And Aaron, I'll ask uh, you how quickly in marriage did you realize, you know what, we're kind of speaking a couple of different languages here. It's not working. <laughs> yeah, it didn't take long. I would say within the first 24 hours oh. of our, on our honeymoon <laughs> that we realized we spoke very different languages. When we got engaged, Greg was at seminary and I was in Phoenix. So we were living in separate places. Long distance. Yes. Dating, yes. And so we got married. He came home the week before the wedding, got married and off we went on our honeymoon. And all of a sudden we're like, wait a minute. What what's going on here? I talk a whole lot more and I'm much more spontaneous. Greg is a little bit more um, reserved in plain, methodical. Methodical. Yes. That would be the right word. A routine. And so right away we realized something's very different between the two of us. Well, she. I remember on our honeymoon. Aaron loved to be spontaneous. So let's not plan. Let's not think about it. So we'd wake up, you know, what do you want to do today? Hey, there was this, this beach, you know, that, that I heard about, let's go. And in my mind, the moment I hear that, I instantly go to all the, well, how far is it? Where is it? What is you're, it? You're the, the logistics map? guy. Yeah. Where yeah. do I park? I, like, is there don't parking? Don't worry about it. Do I need to bring we... cash? We'll find uh, a parking place. <laughs> yeah. And so we would, it would create conflict because she's just want, let's be spun, let's just go, we'll figure it out. And that creates such anxiety. That's stress for you. Yeah. 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 To where then I'm irritable. Then now we're starting to bicker a little bit. So very quickly we Sorry, Aaron, that I out. side with Greg and you were wrong in that one. So. Yes. <laughs> Finally, I've been Whoa. dreaming of the day that I win so, something. I'm not feeling very safe. Getting out of the hole I'm digging for myself. Let's go ahead and transition to Dr. David Clark, who is very helpful in digging holes and understanding communication <laughs> styles. He's been a very popular guest on the Focus broadcast. Jim Daly and I sat down with Dr. Clark to explore helpful communication tips for you and your spouse. Well, let's get to the book, uh, Clams and crowbars, uh, obviously an analogy there. Tell us about it. Uh, why are men like clams and women like crowbars? Well, men are clams because they don't talk personally. Uh, it's all in the vault. We are born that way. We are raised that way. And so we don't share personally. Now, this has to be like the 80-20 rule, 75-25. You know, we don't, right. it, there is stereotypes, but we, we do reflect these genders sometimes differently. Most of the time. Yeah. Sometimes the roles are reversed. The same principles apply. But most guys are like I am. I'm a, I'm a talkative guy. I talk when no one's around. I talk to myself. You don't seem like a clam, actually. Uh, you'd, you'd think I wouldn't be, but I don't share personally. And that's what the woman really needs. I can talk about a bunch of stuff, but it's not what Sandy really needs. What do you think? What do you feel? Be vulnerable. Be open about personal things. Uh-uh. I don't want to go there. I don't need to go there. I could live 50 years, die, and Sandy would be, we'd be at my grave, and of course, a thousand people there as well, and I would be <laughs> fine. <laughs> You're moving on. I'm, that's <laughs> in it. That I'm in heaven. Well, further, that safety idea, you know, clams live a long time, if you Google it, which we did. And, you know, oh. we looked at that. They bury themselves in the sand, and they're quite content. That's what you're saying. And they're safe. That's the attitude of the, the clam. Oh, that's it. 
with women, um, what are some of the valuable insights that they should learn about the guy's brain? Why do guys generally not share as much? I mean, why do we bury ourselves in the same? Well, it's all about control. For the woman, it seems like you don't love me, you're rejecting me. The truth is he's just a control thing. It's the craziest thing in the world. He loves her. She's his his woman. He would throw himself from a bus to save her. He's protecting her. He's making a living for her. Maybe they both work. But when she asks him to share personally, ah, you talking to me, the, the immediate defensiveness comes up because he feels like she's trying to control him. Why? He thinks he'll feel weak and vulnerable. And the why is that's how we're raised. Little boys learn from a very early age that men don't talk personally. A little guy will see his dad over the course of 18 years, hardly ever share something personal. Now, you'll see him a million times choke back personal things, mom trying to get him to talk, he shuts down. For a little boy, it's all about competition, it's all about strength and confidence and control and independence. That's built in. These are great qualities for war uh, and for business and for being out there in a bad old world and for sports, but it's terrible in a relationship with a woman. The one thing she needs, you're not going to give her. Wow. In fact, you mentioned seven steps men need to take to become a better listener. Okay, I was reading to this morning, and I said to Jean, this sounds exhausting. <laughs> seven steps. Can you? And she goes, yeah, he'll have to whittle that down to two. So that's Jean's comment to you. How do you get those seven down to two? But what are the seven? Well, here are the seven. First, you have to have body language. You've got to be turned towards the woman. And no distractions. A man cannot do two things at once. All right. I'm a clinical psychologist. I can't watch a show. I can't be my phone. I can't be, if anything's going on, I'm not attending to Sandy. This is starting to hurt. I'm telling you. <laughs> okay. And eye contact. Women need to know you're looking at me. You're, and for the, for the woman, the eyes are very important. They, they, they can see if you're noticing, if you're attending to them. And then reflection is critically important. You've got to reflect what they're saying. You don't listen to a woman in complete silence. Even if you're actually listening and you got the eye contact, she thinks you're not listening if you don't respond. And she'll keep talking. Endless loop of talking is you should get a response. <laughs> I like the emphasis on endless. Oh, she can go on forever. She's thinking, I'm not quite sure he's listening. Oh, and of course, your tiny brain's overwhelmed and you shut down, you zone out, and then she's really upset. Yes. So it's keywords and phrases. And men are intelligent. They can learn this. I learned it in my graduate school training. It was harder with Sandy, <laughs> of course. But Sandy's talking. I'm reflecting. Okay, you're saying this, keywords and phrases, reflecting what she's saying, content. Went to the doctor, he got you upset, you had to wait, that's right. And then emotion. For a woman, emotion is very important. You're angry, you're frustrated, you're happy, you're, you're, you're sad. You know, uh, you're, you're really, really, uh, really upset about this. I okay. can already feel myself saying, what's the data? <laughs> Give me the data point. Well, exactly. That's all interesting, but... And for the woman, it's data plus, does he know what happened to me and does he know how I feel about it? Yeah. Never going to be 100%, but you're working Which on Which is that. good. And we are deficient in that. Oh, men are lousy listeners. Oh, my goodness. We have to learn. Well, I think somewhere along the way, Jim said, these are kind of stereotypes. Not every couple fits this stereotype, but just propelling that along a little bit further, Aaron, um, speak for the woman married to the stereotypical husband. How can she tell if he's listening? I mean, really listening. I ask that question in my office with couples all the time. How, do you, how can you tell 
if he's listening to you because it's different for each of us. And it's, I mean, there's some standardized things that Dr. Clark talked about, but it's looking at what is it for you? How do you know when someone's listening to you, specifically your spouse? I know Greg is listening to me when he's, you know, he's having a response. He gives me feedback um, to what I'm saying. Eye contact is huge. Often I will call him when he's at work and I will launch into some great story about something that just happened and he'll, I'll get the, the standard, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and I'll say, you're busy, aren't you? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, we'll talk later. But Now that's really, let me just pause right there because mm-hmm. that's really important, isn't it? Mm-hmm. For, for couples, anybody really who's communicating to say, here's what I'm, looking for in this exchange. I have something really important to tell you, or I'm feeling this, I just need you to listen. Um, Or do you have time? That is exactly where I was going to go. Oh, okay. Because when I when I call him at work, I mean, the kindest thing I could do is ask him, are you available? Do you have a minute? Yeah. And I see specifically, I mean, this is kind of the stereotypical thing as well, could be different in your marriage, that asking, hey, when is a good time? I've got something super exciting, super important to share with you. When would be a good time? So if I call him at work, I should ask, hey, are you available? Or are you in the middle of writing? Are you in the middle of a meeting? Are you in the middle of something important? I love that. Because the essence here of what you're saying is to be present. Mm -hmm. So am I available and willing to be present with you in that moment? Which takes intentionality to be present. Well, and it takes some um, discipline, right? So like I've learned to just kind of close the computer if Dina's... Set the cell phone aside. Close it if if I sense she really wants to talk. There are times when we're both just exchanging information over our devices or through the activity. But there are other times when I have to stop and do what Dr. Clark was saying and look, listen, empathize. And I think I think for most people the the most powerful way to listen is hardly any words. It's that being present so that eye contact that Dr. Clark was talking about. But it the focus though has to be on caring versus how do I fix this, solve it? What get, are we going to do? Get out of this conversation as quickly as possible. Yeah. 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 Our oldest daughter was telling us about a, a situation with a good friend of hers. And, and she was just frustrated with this friend. Something wasn't going on. And she was just like, I, we need to have this conversation. And 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 I just, I'm going to tell her what we need to do. And as I was listening to her, I said, Taylor, have you ever thought about just may, instead of figuring out what to do, in solving what if what if you just sat with her and and cared about how she felt yeah. well, why would i want to do that <laughs> was her response <laughs> we taught her so well <laughs> i want to reevaluate the friendship <laughs> and, and and i said that makes sense because yeah. i think for all of us male and female i think it's easy to slip into that what do we do like i just i want to deal with this so this isn't an issue so we can restore peace and harmony back into our relationship but I'm telling you that the way to get there, the unconventional way, it, it requires caring. It, it, it really isn't about the solution or the doing part. It's really, am I willing just to sit in hurt with this person, to seek, to understand what was that like for you? How did that make you feel? And, and people just usually don't want to do that. That sounds like a waste of time. Like, well, okay, and what, where do we, we didn't solve anything. And I promise you, when people feel deeply heard, deeply connected, when they feel like you care, 
it does so much for the relationship. It reconnects people. Yeah. It makes them feel safe. They're more likely to continue to be vulnerable and open. Thus, more information will come out that then you'll be able to use later to solve or fix whatever the issue is. But I'm telling you, make it your goal, first and foremost, just to care about how someone feels and watch what yeah. that does in your marriage. Yeah, it's that Stephen Covey principle. Yeah. You know, the seek first to understand. Yeah. When you do that, it makes all the difference in the world. So if miscommunication is a, a sore spot for you, if it's a tension point for you and your spouse, you're not alone, as I think we've made pretty clear. Our counseling team would be happy to uh, set up a, a time to give you a call and talk with you and even refer you to somebody in your area if you need ongoing counseling. Um, That service is provided to you for free, and uh, it's something that our donors make possible. The number to call to get a a scheduled time to talk to a counselor is 800-A-FAMILY. 800, the letter A in the word family. And we'd also recommend Dr. David Clark's book, Men Are Clams, Women Are Crowbars. It has so much great practical advice for improving communication in your relationship. It'll be a really great read for you two uh, as a couple to go through, and we're making that available for your gift of any amount today to this ministry. Details about the book, uh, ways to donate, and making a counseling appointment are in the show notes, or again, call 800-A-FAMILY. We'll hear more from Dr. David Clark next time. Until then... For Greg, Aaron, and the rest of our team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.